Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of Mind on Hiatus. I'm Sev. And I'm Nadia. And what are we going to be talking about today? Okay, so today we're giving Sev the floor because she has something she wants to talk about that she's very knowledgeable and passionate about this week. So coming off of our last episode addressing the effects of the pandemic on mental health, Sev wants to talk more about eating disorders, specifically because she's noticed that there is a huge spike in eating disorders during the pandemic. And as someone who is actually has one, like Sev, she um, wants to talk about the shed some light on the realities of them because a lot more people are dealing with them in isolation and there's a lot of misconceptions that need to be uh, broken down and addressed. So we're both going to chat about that today. Sev's going to mainly have the floor. I'll be asking her some questions about things that I uh, want to know as someone who doesn't struggle with an eating disorder. Um, because I expressed to Sev that I personally feel like I don't know enough about them. I don't think there's a lot of enough in mental health talks that I've heard in podcasts, on shows, etc. So we're going to delve into that today and hopefully bring some uh, quality knowledge about what people are actually going through with eating disorders and disordered eating. So stay tuned. Quick preface, I am in no means a professional healthcare mm-hmm. person. This is just <laughs> this is just everything that I have learned from my experiences with my eating disorder through like months of counseling and therapy. These are just some things that I picked up on and I found that something I really wished that I had when I was kind of in the thick of it was someone who shared or someone who had expressed experiences similar to me. Which is yeah. why I told Nadia I really wanted to talk about this today because I don't know, I was like if one person can hear this and like relate to like my experiences and feel like, oh, okay, maybe this is like this is not like normal and this is something that I should like get help for, then I'll be a very happy person. Absolutely. Not happy that you're struggling, but happy that you yeah. <laughs> happy that you found some comfort. Of course. Of course. Um It's going to be good because I think, like I said in the intro, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like I even know enough. And I'm, I'm your friend and we've talked about it in the past. I just feel like the actual knowledge on the inside of what is going on, I don't feel has been expressed enough. I see a lot on anxiety and depression, which is fantastic that these conversations are more uh, publicized and popular now that people are feeling confident about sharing their stories. And that's what this podcast is about. I just feel like eating disorders haven't yet reached that because of, well, Sev's going to go into some reasons that she thinks that's the case. Um, so yeah, this is a very important episode and I just want to acknowledge that I'm just like really happy that and proud of Sev for coming and doing this today because it, it's, it's really hard (laughs) to talk about, uh, your steps in, um, progress and healing, but we've been really trying to break down those barriers. Uh, so Sev, I'll let you start. That's right, bitches. This is my episode now. (laughs) Just kidding. Giving you Just the kidding. floor. <laughs> Go for I, it. And I think, like, 
truly I think I'm only at such a comfortable place to talk about it because I've been like in recovery for the past like eight weeks now um Mm -hmm. so I feel like I just I'm a lot more in touch with like my my thoughts and my emotions and like how maybe some of the reasons as to why this like manifested in the first place so I was gonna I was gonna give a little backstory not a not a very detailed one because we don't we don't need to hear that on the podcast it's hard it's hard (laughs) go for it I mean I I could talk for ages I could talk for ages but it's like we don't need to hear that (laughs) so my eating disorder it really it really started in like high school I think I was just there's a point where I was very obsessed with how I was perceived by other people which resulted in like body image and like weight and stuff so that was when I like started engaging in disordered behaviors. And then when I went to university, I think it just like accelerated times 10, especially because in university you have so much like independence. You're like managing your own meals. You don't have a set schedule of when like, okay, you, like you don't have a parent telling you like, you have to go eat this now. Um, this is lunchtime. You have to go now. You have so many classes and so many distractions that just like you don't think about meals and you kind of see skipping meals as like a pass I guess that's when my eating disorder really manifested but that's also when I started to like notice these behaviors and see that like maybe this isn't something I should be struggling with alone and that's when I started reaching out for help and now I'm here now I am eight weeks into recovery it like I don't know I you like you never think you'll get here but I definitely at this place now I feel a lot more optimistic and positive about how things look and that's why I'm excited to share with you guys some insights that I have yay good I'm glad that's awesome uh okay well I think what I want to know um is something you and I were chatting about outside this podcast was misconceptions about eating disorders and disordered eating and how people can sort of come to terms with the difference between uh, just regular sort of binging and purging habits and what it's like to actually come to terms with having an eating disorder. Because I feel like sometimes there might be a mix-up about those things, but when Mm -hmm. it reaches a point where it's a disorder and it's affecting every facet of your life, can you just like shed some light on what, what it's like to kind of uncover that? Mm-hmm. I think like the big difference between like a technical eating disorder and disordered eating is that someone who engages in like maybe someone skips one or two meals because they're extra stressed or they have some assignments they have to do today, but they're able to bounce back from that like pretty quickly. Like they'll be able to have their next meal just as usual. Whereas someone with an eating disorder, especially in my experiences, I found that like you skip that first meal and you're like, okay, well now I can skip a second. Now I can skip a third. Well, I guess it's not really necessary. So I can just like keep up this behavior. And I think- mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm like, again, I'm not an expert, but I think the difference between disordered eating and eating disorders is just like that mentality that like, can you really forgive yourself for engaging in these behaviors? And can you like bounce back from it without feeling guilty? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, because I just I just feel like sometimes it can become misconstrued. Um, The exact Mm -hmm. sort of triggers you have as well, which um another thing I had written down was uh working through triggers and like what advice can be given to people dealing with eating disorders about 
triggers that they might not exactly pick up on right away or what those triggers actually mean and when they should seek help when they notice those triggers coming to light because I mean some people just might not instantly realize that it is due to an eating disorder I feel um but maybe you can talk more about that Mm -hmm. like I think with eating disorders triggers are well triggers for all mental illnesses are just like everywhere but with eating disorders it's so hard to pick up on your triggers because eating disorder behavior is so normalized and even praised in society basically like you look at someone who's dieting or who is excessively exercising and you think oh like they have such good self-control they are really trying to like make themselves healthier and then having that praise and having that normalization of disordered behaviors it kind of edges people who have eating disorders on whether they realize it or not. So like for me, I remember even just like scrolling through Instagram, seeing like pictures of other people, I'd be like, wow, like I feel this anger and I feel this like shame in me, but I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. It was only after I started like seeing help for my eating disorder and like talking through these feelings that I realized it's like, oh, that's just me like comparing myself to other people. But since, I don't know, since there's such like an ideal body type in media and in society nowadays, you just feel like mm. it doesn't feel like a trigger. It feels like normal life. Yeah, definitely not great on the media for perpetuating <laughs> that. I wish that wasn't the case. Just how saturated social media has gotten with, like you said, the ideal body type that doesn't exist because everyone is so worthy and so gorgeous mm -hmm. like it just makes me so sad that that uh, contributes to that mm -hmm. and like I um, literally get so many ads now that are just like try like try this keto diet or try this like intermittent fasting mm. whatever and it's like obviously I'm at a point where that doesn't exactly bother me as much as it did before like it bothers me in a different way where I'm like angry that this is even allowed to be like for other impressionable people that this is allowed to be shown but like mm. that behavior you look at it and you're like oh wow like someone changes their healthy lifestyle you praise them you think it's a good thing you see it as a positive like you see people with like depression and anxiety and they kind of have these certain behaviors and people see it and they're like oh yeah that's like mental illness that's understandable like I don't blame it on them I think right. the big thing with eating disorders is people think it is such a physical disorder because it's like mm. that physical act of restricting the physical act of losing weight the physical act of exercising and all of those seem like such an active choice it seems like oh you're but you're choosing not to eat you're choosing to um, restrict you're choosing to compensate for these calories when it's like it's just like any other mental illness where it's like your brain is just wired different and those yeah. thoughts are so loud in your head that you see it as truth but I think that's like the one thing mm -hmm. that people just really misunderstand about eating disorders is how much of a both physical and emotional toll it takes on you, which is why it's like one of the deadliest mental illnesses. It is. Yeah, which is so strange to me that that's the common mindset, because if you actually look up like the definition of mental illness and mental health like disorders on Google even like it's like one of the first things that comes up under anxiety and depression like I think it's even sometimes like above that because it is such a prevalent dangerous difficult mental illness to have mm -hmm. it just makes me so confused but as we were saying was like about dieting to keto all of that stuff I also have noticed that on social media, the whole aspect of diet culture is just wrapped in such a like pretty package for people yeah. to 
to access and to and to be interested in like you see like literally people's Instagram pages that are just it's that's all it is and it's like this could be like a personal Instagram where you're just sharing your life and and going about your day but it's like you're choosing to make it entirely be about dieting and I've seen a lot of like portion related posts Mm -hmm. and stuff and I'm like this is just not the same for everybody and to Mm -hmm. make it all in this like pretty aesthetic package for young impressionable minds to access just makes me feel like sad honestly (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it yeah no it's very glorified and that's like well this is my opinion but like companies they thrive off of eating disorders because it's like how are you going to sell your products? You have, oh, you like, you need makeup. You need to look better. You need this skin product because your skin is shit. You need these clothes, but you're only going to look good in them if you're a certain size. So it's like these companies know what they're doing. And people know that, like people know that you can get a lot of money banking off of people's insecurities, which always like just pisses me off because it's like, you wish it wasn't this way, but that's just how capitalism's built. And like, I get it. Like I buy into it too. But for people with eating disorders, that can really be like a detriment. That can be like, that can be something that breaks them. I know. I just particularly can't stand seeing like, um, just with the knowledge of people dealing with eating disorders in the back of my head and then seeing posts about like this might be like triggering for for people but I just want to address it because this is exists on your social media feed all the time and it's like diet suppressing like lollipops or candies and stuff like that and I'm like just imagine like it's it's because there's this thing where like people just post on social media with like no real regard for you know who's gonna see it because you have so many followers where in your head it like doesn't matter that you know one person could be really heavily triggered by this and I know it's hard to like um have that sort of mindset going into making a post that someone could be upset by this but it's like I I just with stuff like that that's so blatantly selling a specific concept to to young people who are, are going through these things and even older people going through eating disorders and it's it's you know what I mean it's just like mm-hmm. the fact that that's just like so common with like big big influencer people that everyone's pretty much following mm-hmm. it's just how would that feel like how do you feel when you see that like def- like what's that mean disappointed but not surprised (laughs) right like (laughs) right I think even with for people without eating disorders like you see what was the big thing flat tummy tea I remember because I literally went to shoppers to try and get it (laughs) but yeah um, yeah yeah. but um like even with that someone without an eating disorder probably sees that and they're like oh like this is just really like maybe I'm just lazy maybe there's just a really quick way for me to lose weight so they start okay using it but then that's when it kind of starts to spiral because you're in such like using that is going to put you in an unhealthy headspace and Uh then you're going to think oh well now that I have a flat tummy like I need to maintain this but I can't maintain it unless I like exercise or like restrict or like purge and do all of this like unhealthy disordered behaviors so like Mm -hmm. I think even for people without eating disorders like whether you realize it or not nobody has completely 100% healthy relationship with their body or with food right absolutely I know uh we don't often think about that right that like Mm -hmm. everyone really doesn't have it uh on lock like there's not a guide that explains like how exactly to live the exact perfect lifestyle it's not 
easy for anybody but then I think that's where you and I were talking about this like I think that's where people sometimes get it confused with like the difference between dealing with something related to your eating versus having a literal disorder that is due to chemical imbalances in the brain which you and I were chatting that like I personally can relate to that feeling um when so when people say I I think people commonly sometimes will say oh I'm so OCD about this specific issue or like Mm -hmm. I'm so OCD about cleaning this or whatever I don't like I know this sometimes can be misconstrued with like gatekeeping and stuff but it's not like truly I'm just I'm gonna say like that's this is not what that is is that when people say that it feels like they're using it as this like emotion or like trendy sort of vocabulary that I'm so OCD about this versus me as someone who's actually has obsessive compulsive disorder and has been diagnosed with it to feel to to actually deal with OCD is a very very painful experience for a lot of people I mean there's obviously like severity levels but I deal with it on a very severe level and it is not some trendy like sort of adjective that you throw out it's an actual disorder so Mm -hmm. have you dealt with those feelings with eating disorders Sav? Um, like I think people have been getting a little better, but also solely because the words used in reference to eating disorders are so taboo. Like anorexia mm-hmm. and bulimia, people are like, "Oh my god!" Like, why would you even like Why would you even say that? So it's like I don't deal with it in a literal sense like that, but definitely in like behaviors when people are like, "Oh, like I haven't eaten anything since." yesterday and it's like Mm. for someone with an eating disorder to hear that it's just kind of like well (laughs) like oh well shit (laughs) like some of us are just like like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast like bouncing back from something I guess the ultimate difference between like are you just like having some disordered behaviors or do you have like a chemical imbalance in your brain imbalance yeah is well like will you think about this for like the rest of the day so like yes let's say you have a little bit bigger of a meal a little bit of a binge and then you're just like oh well okay well i'm gonna go to bed and tomorrow i'm gonna have my meals as usual someone with an eating disorder once you have that binge you're thinking how can i like make up for this um i'm just not gonna eat tomorrow i'm not gonna eat for like the next week i'm gonna do this and this and this to make up for it like it just constantly lingers on your brain so i think going back to what i said at the beginning of the podcast is that that's like the main difference is that like it's just so much like it just brings so much negativity to your brain yes yeah and I think I think I'm I'm not going to negate the fact that I think that has a lot to do with just lack of knowledge like I don't Mm -hmm. blame anybody necessarily unless they're doing it like purposefully to hurt Mm -hmm. you like people don't usually do that Mm -hmm. it's just I think what it comes from is like the vocabulary like we had chatted with Shannon about the having the word anxiety in her children's book as like a way to like teach people to have it in their vocabularies from the start is like the same thing it's like even adults like just don't have enough I think knowledge and vocabulary like related to mental health disorders that can make them come off like with sensitivity when they're when they're having these discussions or when they're saying these one-off things that kind of hurt people who struggle with mental health disorders Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not always easy to ask that of someone but I just think like the more knowledge that people have the more personal research they do especially when they have like a friend who they just found out it has been diagnosed with something um to do kind of this extra research and 
arm yourself with this knowledge is really important I feel because your conversations with them will will just be kinder at the Mm -hmm. end of the day um but yeah actually I just realized that our title for this episode is Mm -hmm. the f word and I just want to like before we get into some more things just kind of preface Sev you can preface uh why we decided to call it that yeah so in my genius brain of mine, in my moment of genius, <laughs> I, because I, okay, here's, here's how my brain was working. I was thinking about Gordon Ramsay and how he's like, his, <laughs> bra- his brand is like swearing and stuff, but like he gets censored out and stuff because on, like on channels, you can't, obviously you can't air that on family friendly channels. And I was like, yeah, Gordon Ramsay, food, F, fuck, F, the F word. Right eating disorders that was just literally the brain process like I can't I can't even explain that that's just my brain is is built differently y'all but I thought I thought because for people with eating disorders and that's the thing that's another misconception I think people think Mm. that when you have an eating disorder you automatically just hate food but it's like I like I love food like I was I was the food I was our food editor for like a whole year yeah and I love like a publication we were working for yeah and I love just like, I love looking at pictures of food. I love like finding new foods. It's just like that unhealthy relationship you have that makes food such a taboo. Cause it's like, on one hand, maybe you do love food, but on the other hand, you're just like, how do I process having this like in my body, like the process of eating? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought the F word was a pretty, was pretty smart pun. It is. It makes a lot of sense. I just wanted to like preface that in case people are like, what the hell did they call it this? (laughs) What is the F word? Please see my genius for what it is. Yes. Oh, God, we always (laughs) do. Um, Yeah, you guys have been with us for six episodes. I think you can see it by now, right? You would hope. I don't know. You know, you've seen snippets of my brain and it's terrifying, but you're still here. Sev is synonymous with chaos (laughs) that's what I always say but it's honestly in the nicest way possible she's just like off the walls but in like the best way (laughs) so come on Sev I mean we have this thing should we should we explain our little acronyms that we have associated with our last names (gasps) I just want to bring that in really quick okay yeah no we literally can go for mine I want people to know what you call me okay so I coined bbb AKA bamboozled by Brophy. Cause every time Nadia plays me, whether it's she shows up late to something or she forgets something or she just like just causes a major blip, she's mm-hmm. she bamboozled me. She played me. BBB. <laughs> it's a BBB. BBB. Sometimes she selfies. And then, and, then, and then in retaliation to that, I created CCC, which is chaos conducted by Chu. Because I was like, okay, well, now you have to have an acronym. And <laughs> we just throw that back at each other. Like, well, it's mainly Sev texting me that I just BBB'd her again because I, like, changed the time we were going to, like, FaceTime call or something, which I often do. I'm such a bitch. But anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> that is enough. We just went into a bit of a brain rot. We're going to get back. We're, we're going to get back on track. Yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yeah, yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> Okay, back on track. One thing I want to know, Sev, 
since I had discussed at the beginning of this podcast is that um, I don't think like I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and a lot of them um, do often address mental health, which is fantastic. And that's sort of like partially what inspired me to, um, you know, me and Sev to make this podcast as well is like we want to be a part of those discussions. Um, So what I want to know, Sev, is what is sort of like missing in mental health talks about eating disorders? Because I just want to know if there's anything that sort of like we had talked to Shannon about this earlier is um, what needs to change about the vocabulary and like dialogue surrounding eating disorders and disordered eating? Like, I think it's really it really just comes down to like understanding and like like you said earlier, education on eating disorders, because people just have such a warped perception of it now. And like, I don't blame you because literally before my eating disorder got really bad, I like did not understand eating disorders at all. And Mm -hmm. like, I think something people with eating disorders get a lot before they like come out with it, obviously, is like just eat, like just eat normally or something like someone tells them to just like eat this portion just like don't think about it don't look at your like don't care about your body but it's like Mm. it does not work (laughs) i can tell you firsthand this does not work like just saying that statement will not change anything about how your brain works about how you think because it's just so like ingrained in your head so i think when if people were more educated on what really goes into an eating disorder how it's both like a mental and physical aspect to it i think they might be a little more like considerate and aware of the language they're using the behaviors they're promoting yeah yeah because like I just feel that kind of reminds me of what you said like is when people with like anxiety or depression get told just don't be anxious or just don't be sad it's like it Um, does not work like that (laughs) no it doesn't it's like sorry these people were medicated it's mm-hmm. like at that point I'm like if you're medicated for something what did the what the hell do you mean by just stop? It's like you are literally like need medical regulation for this and like there are people that still look at it and say you could just kind of like be happier. Like is that it's so like damaging to people because I think that's probably what has made like a lot of people go years without even sort of addressing their mental health because they I don't know I've been surrounded by family members who don't understand it or just don't care enough about educating themselves so yeah I guess that's just like something that standardly is like if there was just more education around this topic there would be more empathy mm-hmm. for it and um, like not, so, to neg- yeah. not to negate like other illnesses obviously but I think with eating disorders it is just there's such a big shame factor like and it's so like I don't know I feel like people with eating disorders they are so afraid to open up or they're so reluctant to open up because there's just so much shame and guilt behind both the behaviors and like the reasonings because it's like like I don't know you tell someone you have an eating disorder and then like in the back of your mind you're just like well eating is just like a normal thing eating is just a necessity to to survival like why can't Mm. I just do it properly so I think that's another reason why people with eating disorders are just so like they're just so closed in and they just and that's also why there's not enough talk about it because not a lot of people want to talk about their experiences which is like totally understandable but I wish I just wish that was more like normalized I know yeah I wish that too because I don't want anyone like you or anyone dealing with that to be hurt in that sense like it's it's just sad to think about because of the especially the the media's aspect in it is like 
how do you escape it at that point if it's so warped into like tv shows instagram pages movies everything it's like how do you find that relief from those discussions is like I guess a hard feat so I don't know I just feel like there needs to be a change I hope that we're sort of working towards that and contributing to it that's why we thought this episode needed its own moment and Sev needed her own moment to discuss these things was because of just that absence that we feel is existing around that topic Mm -hmm. um but I think we yeah sorry go ahead (laughs) What I want people to really take away from this is that eating disorders are, it's more than just like losing weight. Like you, and I didn't, I really didn't realize this until recently in myself. That's like eating disorders are a way to cover up like negative emotions. It's a way to cover up self-esteem issues, um, body image. It's more than just like, I want to lose weight, so I'm not going to eat food. It is so complex and there's so many reasons as to why you could manifest an eating disorder family problems um grief personal like personal issues like i just i just hope Mm -hmm. people take away from this episode like if there's anything you actually (laughs) absorb in this episode is that eating disorders (laughs) are more than just losing weight not everyone who like no one who has an eating disorder solely has an eating disorder just because they want to lose weight right absolutely not yeah that definitely needs to be said (laughs) like and understood uh, more often than it has been. Um, I think we wanted to briefly or have you briefly discuss uh, eating disorders in the world we're living in currently, which is the pandemic. Is there any like light you can shed on why that might be mm-hmm. a not great scenario for someone who is coming to terms with an eating disorder? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know if y'all have seen, but like there's so many news articles that are like eating disorders are like rising in the pandemic, which is like, I think completely understandable because at least in my experience the home can be like the most triggering place for someone it's where all your food is it's where the bathroom is it's just like it's where all the mirrors are like it can be a very triggering place for people who already have an eating disorder and then when you're Mm -hmm. stuck at home for so long you're already having all these impacts on your mental health then you start to doubt yourself you start to have some self-esteem issues Maybe everyone's talking about, oh, post-pandemic, like glow up, post-pandemic, weight loss, whatever. And then you start looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, like, God, I like I need to lose weight. I haven't exercised in months. But it's like we're in a pandemic, like you're literally doing your best. So I think, yeah, just like remember that. But I think that's really one of the reasons why like eating disorders have grown so much in the pandemic, because people are being told that they have to look a certain way after the pandemic's over. When in reality, it's like, Mm -hmm. like, it's not realistic. And it's not, it's not healthy. No, I know there's like always this like thing that goes around on the internet when the summer comes, which is like, what do they say? Like, oh no, like getting my hot girl summer and like summer body or whatever, like getting my summer body ready. (laughs) I was like, sorry, what even is that? Like, what are you talking about? Which like, I'm not, we're not trying to come at people who are, um, who are losing weight for a specific reason, like health wise, all those mm-hmm. things, like, and, and, and in general, like do what you mm-hmm. need to do for yourself. But we're, we're just looking at it from the lens of people who are struggling. Um, and it's like to see those, like, how do those terms and stuff get just so, like, so popular? It's like, 
it, I guess everyone's like focusing on that and it's just kind of sad because there are some people who are really going through it in that aspect but no one's really like thinking about them and then it becomes so popularized to the point where you can't escape that whole notion of you need to be summer body ready by this specific date like it's it's kind of awful have you ever seen nature cereal I did I have seen that on TikTok <laughs> it's so weird I, I don't know what's happening with that, Ooh. but anyone listening, if you <laughs> if you have an answer, let me know what your most weirdest food combinations are because I have a few. <laughs> oh wait, which ones? Explain or just, or just like the sacrifices that you'll make. That it's like it literally does not make a difference in the grand scheme of things. But you're like, oh yeah, like this is such a I think this was such a good decision I made. Like just choosing like like putting oh. oil. Like I would I would never bake with butter. I would always put oil. <laughs> in my big goods and it's like in the grand scheme of things does it matter like you're still eating it and it just doesn't taste as good right oh okay I see what you're saying I was like I was like confused about the nature cereal thing because I was like (laughs) that was such a wild like wasn't it like what is it coconut water coconut water ice cubes uh, and fruit and fruit like pomegranate and like berries and I'm like what a what an interesting how did and then I remember that (laughs) some people were like just put it in a blender that's a smoothie <laughs> exactly and it's like obviously if you like and that's like that's like that goes with a lot of things i'm saying today like obviously if you can do it in a healthy way and you genuinely enjoy it then like go for it like i am so happy yes. for you but it's like if you are having nature cereal just because you don't want to have real cereal like i'm telling you it is not worth it like just to have mm. the cereal because nature cereal is not worth it and like most of the substitutes that you're gonna make is not worth it right oh my gosh yeah no that's that's kind of wild I was like I don't even this doesn't even seem appealing like I, I feel bad I'm just like I don't no it's just a, it's just a that. smoothie like just and people put ice in it like they mix ice into it in like the bowl and I'm like straight up throw that in a blender dude like it <laughs> I don't know what's going on now but whatever it's each their own if I guess if you enjoy that but if you're doing it, like Sev said, for, like, the wrong reasons, maybe take a look at that. I don't know. <laughs> Let us yeah. know if you genuinely enjoy it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, because I, okay, I kind of, I kind of see the appeal with, like, the different textures, I guess, that a smoothie would be missing. Like, the different crunch-related textures with the fruit, maybe? Is that valid? I don't know. But also, then, it's just, isn't it just a, like, a form of mixed cocktail? Sort of, Yeah. It's nature sangria. But also, I'm sorry, I'm not a coconut water fan in general. (gasps) I'm a coconut milk fan, diehard in everything, like coffee, everything. But coconut water? Spoons of it? Well, not spoon. Okay, definitely not spoons. No, with with nature cereal, like spooning out coconut water and ice. Have you ever had cartons of like coconut water? No, see, I haven't because the one time I tried it, I was not a fan. Um... But I have, I have, like, I'm telling you, I have deep respect for coconut and, like, coconut water in general. Coconut like, juice. Like, I'm not, like... Coconut juice. Coconut juice. That's fucking good. I don't good. know. Have you had coconut juice? No. I feel like I've <gasps> only had coconut water and coconut milk. Okay, not to flex, not to flex for a second, but, like, <laughs> if you've ever been to a place that has fresh, young coconuts, where they literally just, like, mm. cut the top off for you... And like you're just drinking like the juice, like that is God tier. Like I li- like right. that is the best thing you can ever have. 
and then you can like scrape the coconut like meat off the sides oh oh okay no that definitely okay that sounds appealing <laughs> that sounds appealing i will say that i am that bitch a little bit that goes to starbucks and doesn't have a lactose intolerance problem but still asks for coconut milk and literally everything but that's like but fine it's like it tastes good it's a decision it, it's the taste it's like okay it's can taste. i just plug a can i plug a combination a, a starbucks <laughs> okay. order really quick it's so simple but just having a cafe mocha or like the peppermint mocha when it's christmas time but with coconut milk just do it it like Ooh. amplifies the like richness of the chocolate they use for mochas oh my god i miss my barista days anyway <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that is, like, it's it's decent. So, anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. I had to put a little <laughs> bit, bit of a plug. Oh, that's reckless. Anyway. True F word. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. We really went into nature cereal. Like, that was. Yeah, I'm so sorry if you actually enjoy that. I just hope yeah, you're enjoying it for the right reasons. <laughs> we don't want to be mean or anything. I hope you're not. Be- um, I hope you're not being me and just having it because you think it's the, it's the better option. Trust me, it is never it is never the better option. Right, right. It's good to put that out there. Um, Sev, is there anything else you wanted to leave us off with in this discussion that you think is necessary for listeners to know going forward about breaking down the stigma surrounding eating disorders? Yeah, wow. She's such a pro interviewer. That question really caught me off guard. <laughs> what did we spend? What did we spend all those years in journalism school for, if not for me to use it? I don't know. I just there was a lot of money involved. Yeah, it's there. like I'm kind of proud of you, but also <laughs> I just wish it wasn't on me. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> you know what? Let me do it. Okay, let me flex it. We have to. No, what no, that no, that is a good question. Like, what would mm-hmm. I? I guess like just if you feel like if you kind of have inklings that your relationship with food and your relationship with your body isn't like the healthiest, I would definitely just like look into that, pay more attention to it because a lot of the times you can kind of stop these behaviors before they start to spiral. And also Mm -hmm. just if you, if someone, if like a friend or like a close family member comes to you and says like, oh, like I think I have an eating disorder, just don't negate their experience. And hopefully you learned a little bit in this podcast, somewhat something in this podcast about like misconceptions and what to say and what not to say. And you have a better understanding of where they're coming from. And you can just say something that's like more supportive because a lot of the times people when they because they're not educated on it, when they hear people have eating disorders, they say something that they mean to be supportive, like they have every intention of being supportive, but it just does not come out that way. So hopefully after listening to today's episode, you can kind of see from the mind of someone who does have an eating disorder, like where, like, oh, this might not be the best thing for me to say, or like, oh, like, I think this is a fine thing to say, but it's like, I can see why they wouldn't appreciate it necessarily. Right. And well, thank you, because I did learn a lot from this episode, honestly, because like, I think this episode genuinely uh, is like what I think was missing from a lot of podcasts I've listened to or things I've consumed about mental health awareness. And I don't know, I just think it's important that that sort of uh, talk and discussion is fulfilled in some manner uh, within our episodes. Um, so thank you, Sev, for... Yeah talking about these things it's so important um so let's just segue now into our brain rot brain rot i mean we're already kind of losing it 
Yeah, we were. So we're like on the verge. So let us just continue. <laughs> you know, might as well. Uh, okay, I'm gonna let you I, start. I feel like I always go head first into it. And I just need to chill. Well, I know I believe we have a debate today. Mm, we do. Indeed. Should we start with that? Or did you want to get your song out of the way first? Oh, let's do the song so that okay. we can really really go into it i also have an um, album i suddenly thought of it just now so i'm gonna do that after nadia <laughs> yay we've got an album everybody <laughs> okay so uh i wanna i have just one song recommendation this week and it's from an artist that we have mentioned on this podcast i think in our first episode because she's on our playlist it's benny which Okay, she has. A I definitely mentioned this. I have to retract that. I definitely pronounced her name wrong in episode one when I said Benet. Like, am I dumb? But the reason Benet. I think is that I grew up. My my parents are both French Canadian, so I grew up in a household that had a lot of French and English mixing around, and I just think the double e like threw me off. So bear with me. Correction, it's Benny. I should have <laughs> known. But anyway, um. So I was listening to her song called Happened to Me the other day, and I had this realization where I was like, she's definitely talking about struggling with, like, anxiety and paranoia in this because the the lyrics definitely alluded to that. And I was like, that's really interesting. So let me research this song and more about Benny and just see what if she had anything to say. And I was correct. She did have something to say about this song related to mental health. So I did some digging and I looked at... A she was quoted in a DIY mag um, article called Benny Unveil's new song Happened to Me. And her quote from this like particularly stuck out to me. She said, the song is super important to me. It's the opening track on her album, she explains. It's the first song where I've written about anxiety. The lyrics are pretty dark. Life is pretty crazy right now. And I think it's important to talk about this kind of stuff. And obviously I resonated with her saying it's important to talk about this stuff because that's why Seven and I are here <laughs> on this podcast. So uh, I'm going to stick happen to me on the playlist because it definitely addresses like the paranoid intrusive thoughts that you have when you ha uh, struggle with anxiety. So thank you to Benny for being an artist that's so candid and open about that in her music. I think that's very important. So that's why I wanted that to be my song recommendation this week. So what about you, Sev? Yeah, so I have a album. I don't know why I said it like that. I have an album. <laughs> I literally just remembered this album this morning. I have like talked about it. I've talked about it with Nadia very, very briefly before. But this morning mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, like she's going to come up with a song today. I need to come with some form of music. And I just remembered <laughs> this album called Don't Feed the Pop Monster by Brutes. So if you don't know Brutes, Ooh. you probably do because they are the brother sister duo who sang what was that one song bridges in 2014 like that oh, oh like that yes. song everyone was really into that and like that was yes. that song was my shit like i would i would listen to that song every single day and then amazing i remember they were on a troy savon song too like at one point there were a feature and then they did this other feature with sam hollow which i really enjoyed so i was like okay let me just like like i kind of enjoy the music let me see like what they have and I listened to this album, oh. and see, see, this is where the one exception to my music taste. This is not, I like, it's pop, but I wouldn't call it, it's definitely not the pop that I've been recommending. It's definitely more of, like, an indie, like, folky pop-ish. 
okay. Yeah. Like a little a That's... little merge. But it's just I don't know. It's just a very good album. Their lead single, Peach, is very Peach. good. It's a very good song. It's just like it's fun. But the music video is also just like fun. Like I don't know. Just good vibes from this album altogether. And I believe there is a song. One of my favorite songs off the album is called Too Proud. And I believe that's also about mental illness. I'm not completely sure, but the mm. music video definitely depicts some struggles with mental illness and it's a very beautiful song. So I definitely recommend the album. I will pop some songs mm-hmm. from the album on the playlist. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Sounds fun. I will take a listen to that as well. Um, and just briefly before we go into our discussion that we had a cliffhanger for our last episode <laughs> can i quickly plug the instagram that i was crying to you about prior to us yeah recording literally today? like 10 minutes before recording <laughs> 10 minutes before i was like shit i have to mention this on the <laughs> podcast it's so good um okay as as you guys know again something i've mentioned in a previous episode is that i am obsessed with the cottagecore aesthetic and if you want a visualization of what that is please go look at the Instagram cottagecore dream because oh my god it was started by this wonderful person uh her name is Lily Law and then so then this po- it just has these like ethereal beautiful images of what cottagecore is like picnics a lot of floral fields european architecture which has my heart and a lot of bunnies which also have my heart a uh, little Nadia fact and uh it is like that I'm obsessed with this Instagram it's just the cutest thing it's like literally so calming to look at um if you're interested in that aesthetic and then I also just discovered today that they have a blog like a website called cottagecoredream.com where they like make posts about cottagecore stuff and one of the posts I see here is a beginner's guide to tea and it has like the cutest picture of this little teacup with flowers in it and I'm just dying I'm just still dying at the fact that this exists (laughs) I just had to like cry about that a little bit because it's adorable and it's everything I've needed it's like if my brain was put into an Instagram page so I just needed to plug that immaculate (laughs) vibes immaculate vibes yeah right kind of and then we tried to find a dark academia one for seven it just doesn't seem it to just, exist yeah it just didn't maybe i'll start one maybe i'll be me <gasps> future journal oh my god oh, oh. wait no spoilers Do guys. It. no spoilers oh oh yeah let's not but, but um, when you but, but when you see that page in the future just know i am the mastermind yeah oh for <laughs> sure if you type it like she's gonna also try to secure the the just the uh username dark academia and that's it like imagine if you just got that perfect flawless like sev also wants to have her username on instagram be severina right and you can't because there's like (laughs) let me call her right now to that bitch who has the severina app (laughs) like i know you're like a famous pop star in like croatia or something but just give it to me give it to me i think i deserve it you do i actually would agree next month is next month next month asian american Pacific Islander Heritage Month. I think I deserve that app. Yes, hand it over. Hand it over. Like, listen to this podcast and hand it over, Miss Ma'am. <laughs> anyway, um, not that okay. Now out. is the time. <laughs> yeah, we really we have to do a couple. Keep things interesting. Um, so we ready? We're ready for this one. Let's freaking go. You can start because we all know that you need to be the one that starts this. No, I think I'm going to let you start because you're the one who has beef. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't have... We both do. 
We're not going to yell at each other, though, because I feel like some people notice that we yell at each other sometimes. So that's just like how we <laughs> that's talk. That's just how we talk. I swear to you, there's only love here. It's just that we kind of yell sometimes. It's like we just get very brand. passionate. So, yeah, that's the thing. So, yeah, honestly, that's just how we talk. So <laughs> just prepare for that maybe a little bit uh in this discussion that we're about to have which is addressing our mcu opinions our hot takes on the marvel cinematic universe specifically around civil war now if you've seen civil war let me just start it off i'm gonna shock sev when i say this but fantastic film right all of the marvel movies in the marvel cinematic universe are fantastic films the production the absolute fantastic casting choices we all know that to be true so the thing with seven eyes like we got on this discussion of what our favorite marvel movies are and obviously i so i had mentioned i said captain america the winter soldier is my draw like die hard like favorite favorite marvel movie of all time and sev was saying that civil war is her favorite um for and we have very kind of like opposing views on this because for me civil war all it really is if you've seen it is a connector film for the mcu it brings into play the sokovia accords if you know you know if you've seen it and it just sort of like brings the team together but for me that's like all it really really feels like it's accomplishing it doesn't go it's it's a fun film to watch but i like prefer films that go more on a deeper sort of cerebral level uh, about, you know, a, a character's psychology, let's say, which is like the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes. So that's why I love that movie. Civil War, by comparison, not my favorite, but I'm going to let Sev go off on me a bit about why she thinks I have a dumb take regarding that movie. Okay. Okay. First of all, let me clarify she came for me first. I never came for her. She, I said this was my favorite movie. And she said, what about Winter Soldier? And I said, Winter Soldier <laughs> is the best made MCU film. And then she was like, then why is it not your favorite? And I said, mm-hmm. because Civil War just is fun. It j- I just enjoy it. It makes me happy. And she had a problem with that. So now I'm here to defend my case. To your point about character development and character psychology, I thought of this thought just this morning. But Civil War is the third movie, obviously, in the Captain America trilogy. And it is kind of the pinnacle of Captain America's character development in the modern era. Mm. Because when you think about it, when he was originally created, or not, he wasn't created, he was he was just injected, but he was made to be sort of this government tool to help them in the war. And now when he comes into the modern world in Winter Soldier, you see that like, okay, He's still like working with the government. He still like has trust. And then in Civil War, that trust is just gone. And he has made the switch to do I follow what the government is just blindly telling me to do because that's what I'm expected to do? Or do I follow what I morally actually believe in? Okay. So hmm. obviously, I can't argue with you there at all. It definitely is like it's a third film in a in a character series. It's gonna it's gonna achieve that, what you said. However, do I think that Steve takes a bit of a backseat in Civil War? Yes. 
there's a lot of people who are of the mindset that Civil War should be considered an Avengers film because is it really is it really going deep enough into Steve? I would argue that it's it's not. He it takes a bit of a backseat because of how much how how many different perspectives and aspects come into play with like literally all of the Avengers in that one film. So that's just kind of my perspective because I love the Captain America films. Uh, First Avenger is also, I think, like my second favorite Marvel film because it's it's literally stunning. Like his whole character arc and story in that film is fantastic. And it's like, I just feel like Civil War was not meant to be this like encapsulating Captain America film because it needed to bring every all of the Avengers together in that moment, that tension to relieve. Like, so I... I just don't view it the way I think Sev does. And, like, people view things differently. It's healthy to view things differently and have these discussions, okay? Yes, it's healthy. That's but that how being I feel. Said, that being said, I, I still have words to say. <laughs> like, it is, yeah, <laughs> like, we are, we are very, this is a good, we are, this is a healthy place, guys. We are talking about this civilly. That being said, I have mm-hmm. things to say. Um, I think what makes this film so Captain America-centric is that he is essentially the unspoken leader of the Avengers. And in this film, there is nothing, nothing in like the world is at stake. There's no like life threatening alien threat or like something collapsing in on itself. The biggest thing at stake is the collapse of the Avengers and the conflicts within the team. So I think because the Avengers play such a big part for Steve in the modern era, like seeing the Avengers just crumble before him and partially due to like, partially due to him, I think that's how the film will always tie back to Steve. But that's the thing about this movie is like it brings in the tension with Tony as well. And I was going to say, I think Tony would argue about being the unspoken leader of the Avengers, which, by the way, I was like Team Cap for like pretty much like the entire time Civil War came out. I was like Team Cap for sure with his, you know, opinion on the Sokovia Accords and stuff. However, like obviously what's good about Civil War is seeing the difference in opinion and how both sides are very very valid which I do respect that film for that I absolutely do and you're right about okay whatever you're right about Steve's (laughs) character development in this film I do agree it's just I just don't get I don't think it gives me what I want when I'm making my like Marvel movie tier list I just can't put it at the top because I don't feel I, okay, for movies, I have to feel very connected to, like, the main characters, like, sort of, psych- like, like I said, like, their psych- the psychology, like, behind their character. I need to, like, deeply feel for that character. And there's just no one that I can, like, put that energy to necessarily in Civil War. It's a very personal opinion, though. That's why it doesn't work and why someone's probably going to be like, you're an idiot. Like, Sev's obviously right. Like, it's just <laughs> because it's a personal movie watcher opinion. And that's why I love Winter Soldier so much is because it was the first time that Marvel really went deeply deep centered in a character and uh the sort of like kind of darker aspect that we hadn't seen prior to like you know characters dealing with PTSD and such like from from difficult times so it's it's just that's what that's what really like pulls me into a character and I think that's like Seven and I were talking about this is like why we love like the new Marvel shows that have sprung up because of how deep they go into characters who are really really not doing well (laughs) like they're just they're going through it but they make 
just like us you know so they make those like conversations very candid in this like new marble stuff so like that's what I appreciate about it personally so but Sev I'm just gonna squash this beef by saying that I absolutely respect your opinion and I think most people would agree with you it's just I can't I just can't put it on my list and I think that's where I get a bit defensive and I should probably take my defenses down and my final words in this battle is that <laughs> she doesn't even acknowledge she's like screw you <laughs> you put me through no, no. enough like shut up my final words is that nadia's opinion is very valid and i am also right oh. those two those two those two ideas can coexist yeah those are valid but no. i'm right okay well <laughs> we're just gonna let that go but also if you yeah, if you no. don't give a shit about the mcu and you're listening to this i'm so sorry but also this is our podcast so we do whatever we want it's our podcast and also like for you guys could have clicked off anyway but if you're here yeah, like we purposely it means you probably <laughs> you're interested yeah the last yeah yeah it means you're probably interested and like are curious about our opinions on this which thank you i guess for send caring. us marvel movies um, <laughs> and we will give our hot takes on them yeah and we could definitely do more episodes that talk about marvel related stuff uh because everyone's just like no are... please don't <laughs> oh god i let us have our moment this is our podcast oh my god no but it's like we're deeply entrenched into marvel stuff both of us are so yeah, it's sad. i don't know it's sad. it's kind of sad we're like both like every single week just like immediately text each other like bitch have you seen the new episode of falcon and the winter soldier and then we both cry about it for like an hour and then yeah yeah and then we thank kevin and we're gonna thank then kevin we think- next week <laughs> No spoilers. We thank Kevin Feige <laughs> for what he has done. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about next week? So, no spoilers. I but... don't know what you're talking about. Oh, she doesn't remember. Kevin Kevin really pulled through, but oh, I will... yes, yes. But I'll remind her next oh. week, and we will be talking about that next week because it relates to our topic. Mm-hmm. Transition. Yes, stay tuned for that. It is It is quite... It, it'll definitely pertain to what we're talking about next week. But I just want to say real quickly about Civil War, because I don't want it to sound like Not I'm shitting on that movie. I just need... Hold on. <laughs> Can't wait. She said, okay, last word. But also going back... Last <laughs> word. I don't want to have the last word, but I'll just... Sev will agree with me on this one. The, what really sticks out in Civil War is spider-man right like it's like that introduces spider-man so that's the respect i can put on that movie is like spider-man in all his glory and black panther and black panther and black panther which black panther's movie is like again one of my favorite marvel movies t'challa is a king literally 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 quite literally in every aspect of the word and rest in peace chadwick boseman a legend an absolute legend. legend we we have to say that he's amazing um so but yeah so i just wanted to point out like when they cut to like the scene where it's like uh what does it say queens and it's like going oh, yeah, into spider-man's yeah. whole thing like in that moment you get a little bit of like goosebumps if you've seen that film after you know outside of the theater it'll always kind of give me goosebumps because it's really cool that he was brought into the mcu and that's all i gotta say so mm-hmm. I'm yeah. the one who edits the podcast, so much if I just cut all of that out. <laughs> Her final... So, no, I'm kidding. Me, me I'm to future sub editing. Please give me my moment. Please. Please. <laughs> I beg no. you. Anything in support of Civil War, I will keep in. 
Yeah, oh, she will. As long as there's respect put on that movie, she'll keep it in. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for being on this ride with us. Uh, This episode was, you know, so important for so many reasons. And a big shout out to Sev again for having the floor and doing so well with educating us on the topic of eating disorders. And we hope you learned some quality information and can go out into the world with more empathy and respect for uh, what other people are going through especially those with eating disorders um yeah and uh, i just wanted to say too like if you or someone you know is like struggling with an eating disorder like please reach out to someone literally reach out to me i am all ears if you are like if you just want to talk about your experiences because i know how isolating eating disorders can be and also just thank you nadia for (laughs) giving me the platform today to spew my thoughts all (laughs) over this podcast of course it was so necessary this is our podcast after all and uh it's very important wouldn't be mind on hiatus without these discussions so thank you everybody for tuning in to episode six six whole episodes we are very happy to be here and be doing this and accomplishing this. go like our paul rudd instagram post oh my god if you haven't seen our paul rudd (laughs) we thought we were were hilarious We thought we were so funny by doing that, like us realizing that we've done five whole episodes. It was a post for that. And if you know, you know about his Hot Ones interview, you'll get the joke. Please go watch it. We, we just felt like it was kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe we're not funny. God, whatever. No, I think we are. Um, I, I just think, I no, don't think people are. are, people understand. People just don't understand. People don't get our chaos. Are That's we fine. surprised? Not really. Not really. But yeah, so again, thanks for being here for episode six. (laughs) It was great. And we'll uh, be back for episode seven next week. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye.